Do you find yourself running out of time to accomplish your work? Are you spending time doing things that you're not that good at? There are effective ways to outsource these tasks so you can focus on your business. This is the Virtual Success Show. We bring the inside scoop on outsourcing success for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Maloof and Barbara Turley. Good morning, everyone. Matt Maloof here for another exciting show of the Virtual Success Show. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Barbara Turley. Good morning, Barbara. Morning, Matt. How are you? I'm excellent. How are you going? I'm good. You know, I've had a, a, an interesting week. I, I've had an, a, sort of an evolving week in my business. And I wanted to share a quick um, quote that I saw this morning that just sums up completely the week I've had. Um, it was by Ben Chestnut, who's the CEO of MailChimp. As it grows, your business will go through several stages and each stage requires a different kind of leader. And I'm definitely feeling that in my business uh, this week. I'm sort of moving to another level and feeling that sense of needing to be a different kind of leader as I go forward. Fantastic. What a great quote. As your business grows, you need to become a different type of leader. That's amazing. That's great. We'll make sure we get that posted uh, as an attachment to this. I think that's a, a really good uh, good start. Um, yeah, I'll organize that. So Barbara, I'm super, super excited about today's podcast. I've got um, a dear friend and mentor of mine, Taki Moore, joining us. Taki Moore was one of my very early business coach and mentors when I became a coach. And we've been friends for, for many, many years. And we actually met in my former life as a personal trainer. And um, we've stayed in touch over the years. And, and Taki has been responsible for an amazing amount of learning that I've had over the years, um, both um, in the area of virtual assistants. And he was responsible for introducing me to the, the world of virtual assistants. Um, but together in, in helping me in uh, um, growing my coaching business and, and also many life lessons. So um, I would love to introduce and welcome to the show Taki Moore from Coach Marketing Machine. Welcome, Taki. Hey, mate. Thank you so much for having me, Barbara. Great to be here. Uh, excited, mate. I think we first met when uh, I was in much worse physical shape than I am right now. And I remember having to do leg presses and stuff like that with you, Matt, a long, 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 long time ago. And uh, dude, look how far we've both come. It's pretty I exciting. I was, in, you, I was in much better physical Taki. condition back then too, Taki. <laughs> well, I, I, yeah, exactly. That's funny. I've gone the other way. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, look at you, I'll look at you business-wise and mentally. I think you're kind of in tip-top shape, mate. Fantastic. Um, Barbara, sorry, you were going to say. I, I, was, I was saying, how are your legs looking now, Taki? <laughs> Uh, pretty good. Hey, I'm crossfitting three or four times a week and uh, down the beach twice a day. So I'm, I'm pretty healthy and I'm uh, kind of in love with life right now. Oh, good. It's nice. So, Tuck, yeah, I'll get, I'll get really you to, can you do your 60-second elevator pitch on uh, who you are and your company just so that everyone is super clear on, on, on that side before we get into the, the depths of today's show? Yeah, totally can. Uh, Let's just answer it in three ways. You know, who I help, what their problem is, and what I, you know, how I help them. So I help coaches and consultants. Uh, the problems that they have are either, number one, don't have enough clients and aren't making enough money, or number two, most of my work is spent with coaches who are already pretty successful, you know, well above break-even, uh, you're successful and trying to scale, uh, but get to the point where the, you know, it's getting all a little bit hard. So they've kind of hit a plateau. Uh, because the way that they attract and convert and deliver is kind of holding them back. So my job is to help them get uh, more clients, 
to get more leads, to turn their one-on-one coaching into a group coaching kind of leverage program so they can you know, make more money, have more fun, help more people. That's kind of what I do. Excellent. Fantastic. And, um, and that's, that's actually where, where uh, we started working together um, in, a, yeah. in, a, in a commercial sense was, was through your, the Black Belt program. And, um, yeah, yeah. And we were mentioning, um, actually only earlier this morning that, uh, well, the first, there's like, there's like, there's like 12 of us in a room and totally. Uh, and I was like, this is so awesome. 12 people. <laughs> and now I look back and go, oh, 12 is so small. But no, I do. So I think if you're, uh, proud of me, I, I think I'm always really proud of what I'm doing. And then I look back and go, geez, I had no idea back then. And, uh, it's just a good sign that you're kind of growing and learning and, and becoming more. It's cool. hundred percent. So Taki, um, tell us, um, Tell us about your beginning uh, with virtual assistants and how that started and, and uh, how that has evolved yeah. over the years. Totally. So uh, it started with a book. Uh, Tim Ferriss wrote a book called The 4-Hour Workweek years and years ago, and I read it, and, and it uh, completely shifted my ideas about what was possible. There was one, uh, you know, one line in that that just changed my world, and it said, uh, amazing things happen when you can... I think at the time he was living in... Argentina, and he had his kind of team, employees and virtual team in India, and and, uh, obviously he's a US guy. So the sentence was, amazing things happen when you can get uh, paid in dollars, you live on pesos, and you pay your team in rupees. And that sentence just kind of shook me. I was like, oh my goodness, like, uh, because I was a bit stretched. Like I didn't know, uh, you know, we were growing, and I, I didn't know how to handle the growth, but I also didn't quite have enough money, I didn't think, to hire somebody uh, at, you know, Australian rates, and uh, all of a sudden, kind of this new world of possibility opened up, and I thought, oh, well, you know, maybe that's the solution. And so, like two weeks after I read that book, I hired uh, Ash, who's uh, been with me seven and a half years now. So I guess that's how long ago I read the book, and uh, life changing. At the time, I you know I didn't know you know can I afford it, and then I was then that was followed by, dude, I don't, I don't think I could even keep this person busy. Followed by. Holy crap! Can we hire a second one? Because you know, it's just, once you get some momentum around this stuff, it's just incredibly liberating. So that, how it started was uh, being inspired by the four-hour work week and really wanting to, uh, you know, I don't think I'd, I probably would have languaged it quite as proactively as this. But you know, wanting to play to my strengths and, and live in my genius, I probably would have said I'm drowning in stuff that I'm not very good at and I hate. And and so from that point, Taki, because I think we. We sort of started working together not long after that. Sure. Um, what was inspiring when when we first started working together in that context was that you were doing you were working on average about twelve hours a week. Is that correct? Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, yet your business was growing at an exponential rate. Yeah, I think I think I think that that sounds like a good thing. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> So I think the, 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 the thing is this. If you break down your tasks, uh, like everything you do each, you know, each day or each week or each month, and you kind of grade them, obviously you can filter a couple of ways. You can filter by frequency, like you know, what happens daily and weekly and monthly and quarterly and other. But you can also rank things in the way that uh, Dan Sullivan, a strategic coach, talks about, which is uh, you know, if every task falls into one of four buckets, it's, it's either an area of incompetence for you. In other words, you can, you know, frankly, you suck at it and uh, you do a terrible job and it takes a long time. So there's incompetence, there's competence, you know, we can get a, like a bare pass. There's excellence, which everyone kind of strives for, but excellence is uh, you're, you've got superior skill, people notice uh, that you're good at it, but it's, it's learned, not natural, and it doesn't give you energy, right? <clears throat> and then fourth, 
uh, I'd call genius, which is you know, superior skill. People notice that you're great at it. You're fascinated by it, and you could, you, know, you could happily kind of do it and learn more about it forever and never get bored. And it came sort of hardwired, factory installed. You didn't have to learn it. And so if you kind of rank all your tasks into one of those four buckets, um, pretty soon you'll, you'll probably realize, like I did, that I'm doing a whole bunch of stuff that I'm actually really crap at and don't enjoy. And uh, if you draw um, those four containers like uh, rings on a bullseye with genius being in the middle and you know, incompetence on the outside, then competence, then excellence and genius, then what we're going to do is we're going to peel off you – know, what I did was kind of try to peel off layers from the outside, you know, start with getting rid of all of the stuff that I'm just awful at. So I think when I first hired Ash, I was uh, – the two things which I was terrible at was uh, email and I was phobic to voicemail and calendars. You know, it was kind of embarrassing. Like even right now, like today, I, I have read-only access on my calendar. Like I'm not allowed to put anything in because I screw it up all the time. And uh, I think last year, the one time that I did – around the calendar, I triple booked myself to speak at three different conferences on the same day in three different countries, which is quite an achievement. Um, That's special. Yeah, so if you kind of rank things, I am very, very special. <laughs> I don't recommend uh, that to anyone. So I, I need, like, frankly, I need all the help I can get. Taki, I'm interested there. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested on your thoughts Please. on... You know, you talk about the things you're not very good at and then the things where you're in your genius zone. But one thing I see with some clients coming into Virtual Angel Hub, and actually particularly women, and I can say this because I'm a woman, but, you know, sometimes, you know, we run our own businesses, they're our baby, we do everything our way and to our level of perfection. And sometimes we're doing a lot of things that we actually quite like and we're very good at, but it's not bringing any revenue in. So it's stopping us from growing business. Now, to hand that over, I see a lot of people really struggle there because they're just bathing in the belief that nobody can do it as well as I can. And probably a VA maybe can't do it as well as you can, but that's not the point if you want to grow a business. How do you deal with that issue? Yeah, I think there's two sides to it. So let's let's take let's firstly let's believe the assumption that they can't do it as well as you can because I I think that's an assumption and it may be false. Certainly Mm -hmm. in my business. The guys who are doing my stuff, and they're all based in the Philippines, the yeah, virtual team, uh, they, are, they can't, not only can they do it as well as me, but they can do most of the things better than me. The only things where I'm you know, clearly stronger is anything that's kind of uh, you know, language, like they can't talk like me as well as I can talk like me because I've been talking like me since I was a kid, right? Um, but let's just say that you know, if we believe the assumption that they can't do it as well as you. Okay, well, maybe that's true. Um, but you bring up the point, Barbara, that uh, even though you can do it better than they can, it's not bringing in the bucks. And uh, frankly, if it's taking a lot of time and it's not bringing in the bucks and something else that I'm sure you could be just as excited about uh, does bring in the bucks, if I had to choose, like if I could say, hey, Barbara, you know, um, I'm, you know, I'm in control of your life, you can either spend, you know, I, I can either have you spend 10 hours a week doing uh, you know, manual labor grunt work uh, or 10 hours a week doing stuff that you're great at, that you really love, that that people will pay you for and happily pay you for, I'd rather you have 10 hours doing that because I know that in in 10 hours of you in your genius, uh, you'll make enough money to hire you know, probably five to 10 people in areas of your incompetence or competence or even excellence. But I just say, I just say start with the activities which are incompetent because they're the easiest ones for people to get quick wins with to, to realize that, you know what, 
uh, I don't love that bit. I'm not very good at it and kind of move on from there. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's good advice. Yeah, even just for people to get started, I guess, to just start with the things that you hate doing or crap at, you know, get rid of those first, get some confidence, and then maybe hand over other things that, yeah, as you grow. Later on, as you get get confidence about it, and like, so if you think about that, you know, that bullseye from incompetence to competence to excellence to genius, uh, there are two things in my world that I am excellent at. You know, one of, you know, I don't want to come across as boasting. Uh, you know, I'm probably in the top few people in the world at these two things. Okay? Uh, but I don't love them and they don't give me energy. And so for years I've hung on to building my own slide decks and building the workbooks for my black belt events. And like my workbooks look stunning, my slides look incredible, and I'm kind of known for having really good looking stuff. But I knew that they were excellent activities, not genius activities. Yeah. And so. Uh, now, we were chatting just before we hit record, my workflow right now is I've got a big fat roll of brown paper that sits on the right-hand side of my desk on the floor, stand-up desk, and now I, I sketch, take a photo, send it off to Mike, who happens to be better at me than both of those two things. It took a long time for me to let go of excellence, but it was easy to get rid of incompetence and then competence and kind of just work my way in. So now I'm at the point where I only do the stuff that I'm, that I'm loving. So I think that's probably the... the yeah, I like that strategy. That's really good advice because people try and get rid of everything all at the one time and then throw their hands in the air and say, oh, it doesn't work for me. But maybe just going in Completely. stages like that is better. Yeah, exactly right. Ta- Taki, yeah, much um, easier. Mike doing your slides and, and workbooks, is that his genius or excellence? Um, it's probably his excellence, to be honest. Yep. Yep. Uh, but this conversation is all about me. So, the reason the reason I ask that question is because often I think in handing those tasks over, um, when we hand like we may hand over what we deem as incompetence, competence, or excellence, but it's actually their genius. So, yeah, completely. So, so Mike is world class at it. Yes, uh, he's got a design eye, and he's got a he's got a whether it's kind of hardwired or it's or it's kind of trained. He's got a real knack for designing information. And uh, I think it's it's just a ridiculous skill. Now, would he like in his perfect world? Would he spend all of his time building slides and workbooks? No, he wouldn't. He's got other stuff yeah. that we work on together. So I'd say for him, it's excellence. But frankly, for me, you know, being able to kill the young one layer deeper, so now I'm just ingenious, is totally worth it. And I'm happy to spend it. Like a, Mike's not a virtual assistant in the Philippines. He's a a guy in Melbourne, and he costs uh, a fortune, and he's worth every cent. Yes. Yeah. So. And I guess just the, 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 the point of the question is to, to, to show the listeners that as you start to let go of these things, what you're actually doing is you're letting go of your incompetence, competence, and excellence to allow someone else to play in their genius. If you, play, if you do it properly, it, it, often yeah. that's what's happening. That's exactly what happens. Yeah. Yep, that's exactly what happens. And so uh, when we hire VAs, you know, they go through you know, uh, a screening process, then a group interview, then a... a, a, a uh, they, usually they'll take a, a Colby test, which is like a profile, and we're looking for <clears throat> what could this person be amazing at and how are they naturally wired. So you know, not, a, not what can they do, but what, what will they do given every possible option? You know, what are they drawn to? And so we want, I want my whole team to be playing to their strengths because there's nothing more fun than going to work and getting to you know, rock hard every day doing stuff that, you, that juices you, you know? Absolutely. 
I love that you said that, Taki, actually, because one of the things I've noticed as well, and this is a common problem. I know um, Chris Ducker talks about this as well with people who are hiring VAs. It's that whole mm. thing of the myth of the super VA. And, yeah. you know, uh, we, we see clients a lot hiring one person and, you know, getting uh, sort of shocked when they realize that this person can't code a website. They can, you know, they can do a lot of things, but they're expecting them to do everything from video editing right through to web coding and and they're like you know they, they get confused when they realize that this person has limitations they're still well, a rock it's star. hilarious because you'd never in a million years hire somebody in your home country to do everything like never like i want you to you know make my copy code my website uh look after accounts uh you know design this like you'd never in a million years assume that but for some reason we think that because they're the person uh, you know on the other side of the world that they can it's ridiculous Yes. Uh, I've totally fallen into that trap. And I think, you know, when you're getting started, you've got a couple of options. You know, who do you hire first? You can either hire, you know, I guess the the closest thing to the super VA is, you know, somebody who's kind of a little bit of an all-rounder who can kind of just take some load off. And, and like I certainly with Ash didn't hire super strategically. You know, I uh, went to the, the company and I said, here's what I want. And one of my requirements was that they use a Mac. And uh, out of all of the candidates they had, they had one who had a Mac, and I hired her. So I wasn't like super strategic with Ash. She's turned out to be amazing. And uh, her role is, has shrunk down as have as is mine, you know. But it started off with kind of you just look after as much of everything so I don't have to as you can. And then we've kind of got, yeah, as I got hip to the fact that, you know, business is more fun when you do what you're great at. Uh, I've tried to, yeah, we've kind of tried to make that the same for all of our team. But uh, you so sort of, it sounds to me that. though that you, you, it sounds to me that you worked quite a lot with her. So when first she started, she was kind of jack of all trades, doing everything yeah. helping to take the load off you. But then as your business grows, you're getting strategic about her position, her genius, and then mentoring her, I would imagine, into the new sort of role as she grows with you. Was that sort of how it happened? Uh, I would like it to sound as strategic as that. I'm actually a really bad manager. And so about a year and a half ago, we made a, a good decision, um, uh, my wife, Kiri Marie, and I, that uh, – I run, like if you imagine that our business is like a, you know, a theater, that I run the stage and she runs the theater. So everything that is client facing, so the workshops, the events, the training, the marketing, the sales, that's me. And all of the behind the scenes stuff, including running the team is her. And uh, that way, now that now they're uh, being led properly rather than uh, misled as uh, they would if it was just me. I mean, that's the key point though, that they need to be led properly. So even, even rock stars and great people on your team need guidance and leadership in some way for this to work. Yep. Yeah. And, and so they need, they need context about you know, what the role is really about. They need clarity about here's how we want it done. And then they need, you know, frankly, you need a, a communication rhythm, you know, uh, a set of rhythms in your business, even if it's just you and RVA. But like uh, – in a perfect world, we've got like some kind of quick daily check-in, like a, a daily huddle. We've got a weekly meeting. We've got a, a monthly uh, strategic meeting. We've got a quarterly offsite. Like our team are in the Philippines, and twice a year we fly to the fields and we spend four days together on an island, and we get more done in those three or four days than we used to in six months. Mm. And uh, but I like that communication rhythm thing because. You know, I've actually seen clients fall into the trap of sort of giving their their VAs a, a task list and then not communicating with them maybe for two or three weeks and really yeah. leaving and then sort of getting annoyed and saying it's not working. But really, you know, I'd love to know your view on that. I mean, there's one thing to empower people to work alone, but there's another thing to have no check-ins or no leadership there in terms of communication. Yeah. Well, most things left unattended don't do well. Yeah, good. Good. That's okay. a good quote. <laughs> yeah, 
you know, like if you leave your garden, it's going to go messy. I've got six kids, and if I left them unattended, like if I just go, okay, kids, uh, you know, there's there's breakfast over there, and, and here's Netflix. I'll be back in three weeks. <laughs> yeah, chaos. you know, yeah, like I might have one of them still alive when I get back. So, uh, you know, if it doesn't work with gardens or kids, the chance of it working with team is is pretty low. And uh, like, dude, I. Yeah, I completely did that. I was like, okay, well, I've hired you so I don't have to think about it, so I'm not going to think about it. Good luck. It didn't work so great. And so part of the reason for Kerry Marie running the team is because she's, you know, she's on it like white on rice. She does a really good job. And uh, now the team are getting the kind of, you know, frequency and interaction and, and speed of getting help. I, like, I used to be the biggest bottleneck in the business. And, uh, you know, I think most of the people listening to this probably are. Like, if every decision's got to come through you, then you are the bottleneck. And so you want to get out of the way as quick as you can. Yeah, that's very good advice. Taki, just on the communication rhythm, you were talking about the daily, weekly, etc. Yeah. Um, can you just give us just a, 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 just going a next layer down on each of those? So like, what, what give us the, yeah, the idea totally around can. the daily? Yeah, that'll be great. Yeah, cool. So, uh, uh, big believer in attribution. You know, give credit where credit's due. I first read about this in a book called uh, The Rockefeller Habits by Vern Harnish, and. Uh, there's another book. If you want to learn how to do it really well, there's a book called Death by Meeting by Patrick Lencioni, which I think is fantastic. And uh, if you imagine four timeframes, daily, weekly, monthly, and quarterly, here are the four, and then we'll go as deep as we need, okay? Uh, so there's daily, there's a check-in. It's a 10-minute stand-up meeting. Uh, weekly, there's a tactical meeting, which we'll talk about the agenda for in a second, if you like. Uh, monthly, there's a strategic. And then quarterly, there's an, you know, the quarterly, there's an off-site or a plan. Like my team are in the Philippines. It costs... You know, it's a fair commitment of time and money to, you know, to fly us all to an island and do stuff together. But frankly, it's it's good fun. Uh, we could do the same uh, virtually. In fact, we do twice a year on an island. We call it tribal council. Nobody gets voted off the island, so, and so far everyone's uh, still alive. Uh, Idea, love it. <laughs> and then uh, in between, so you know, the other you know, ninety days after each of those, we do a, a viable council, which is the same process but done virtually. Um, so. Uh, shall we, let's just start a daily and we'll go from there, yeah? Yeah, great. Okay, so daily check-in. Uh, it's just a way to kind of get everyone on the same page, calibrated and, and uh, excited about what you're doing. And so it's, uh, it's 10 minutes tops. Um, it's usually at a weird time of day, so uh, at like 10.10 or 11.11 or you know, just some kind of random time. Uh, it's, it's, called, it's called a stand-up, so ideally everyone's standing up, not sitting down. Energy will be better. And we just go around the around the group, even if it's just you and one assistant, I still recommend it. And you answer three questions. What did you get done yesterday? What are you working on today? And where are you stuck? That's fantastic. I'm taking that idea straight away. Yeah, it's fantastic, right? <laughs> Implementing immediately. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, so we have uh, this six-week virtual assistant on-ramp program. And in kind of week three, we, one of the things we do is we set up the internal rhythms and rituals. And one of them is this daily check-in. And it like... The rule is that it's going to be quick, right? I, I first witnessed this at a client's office up in Brisbane, uh, Rob Nixon, and they had, I don't know, 17 or 18 staff, you know, 18 people on the team, and they did their stand-up, and it was over in 10 minutes. So if you can get 18 people through three questions in 10 minutes, that will give you a sense of the kind of the cadence and the pace we want. And if it starts to drivel, then it loses energy, and it's, it's, not, the chance, it's not the place to solve problems. But if someone goes, I'm stuck with this, you go, great, let's book a time straight after this, and we'll fix it. And you're on that each day? No, I'm only on the monthly and the quarterly now. Okay. I used to be. Yeah, right now, Kieran Marie does the dailies and the weeklies. I'm on the monthly and the quarterly. Um, cool. And I'm in Slack, which is our team chat app. 
uh, which might be helpful to chat about as well at some stage. Um, so daily check-in. There's a weekly tactical meeting, which is uh, three big things on your plate right now. What's the scoreboard say? Like, what are the numbers? How are we tracking? Uh, let's get an agenda together. Kind of what do we need to discuss? That either comes from, you know, what's going on for you or what are you working on or the scoreboard. So we get a list of things to discuss. Some of them are going to be really great topics that are going to be too big for the scope of this meeting, like big decisions, like should we do this or should we do that, you know, a bit more strategically. So if they're that, we just park them uh, onto the strategic list to talk about monthly. Um, so we can deal with kind of little tactical stuff each week, right? Uh, then we'll get into action plans. So who's going to do what, you know, we'll kind of work through the agenda one by one and work out who does what by when. And then there's a communication plan. It's like, who do we need to talk to? What do we need to say? And you know, that might be talk to um, Taki. It could be talk to a supplier. It could be talk to clients. Yeah. Yep. So that's the, that's the weekly tactical. Uh, Tuesdays is our meeting day. So yeah, all of these things happen on, they happen on Tuesdays. Uh, anything that gets parked as, uh, that's a really big topic. Let's talk about it separately. Goes to the monthly meeting. We call it the monthly strategic. Uh, it's, <clears throat> we use Zoom. Yep. It's like a like go to meeting. Uh, we use Zoom so we can see everybody's face, and we do wins. So you know what what progress have we made in the last month? It's just good because you'll find out about stuff that you didn't even know happened that your team has done. And most of the time, we're so busy kind of working hard chasing the next thing that we forget to pause and go, "Wow, we've actually done really really well." So we start off with you know what are the wins and why do they matter, uh, and then we go, "Okay, so what's not working right now?" and People, you know, anything that got parked as a strategic topic will come and we'll have a list of like stuff that's broken. Uh, I'm a, not a big goal setter, but I'm a big problem solver. And so we'll just pick two topics and uh, spend you know, an hour or an hour and a half ripping them apart, figuring out a plan. And that's the monthly strategic. And then the quarterly, you know, we do tribal council or viable council, has a bit of an agenda and uh, there's, you know, there's a fair bit to it, but it's, it's kind of epic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it mostly evolves around swimming and eating tacos and stuff. What I'll do, um, sorry, Taki, I think you did a uh, a blog on your Coach Marketing Machine blog that I'll connect everybody to. to oh, great, yeah, talks totally. About, um, How to run tribal council. council. So totally. I'll put that into the uh, into the notes for the show and uh, and connect people with that. That'd be great. I think it'd be really helpful. Um, there's five or six things we do in there, and yeah, if you do check that out, it'll give you a really good snapshot of how to run a. I think you know you don't have to go to an island to do it. Um, you know, at some stage, meeting your virtual team face to face is amazing, and it'll like it. It will change your world. Um, but we run the same thing twice a year as a as a one day virtual. I think actually, probably doing it as two half days is where we'll go because one day is you know, it's a lot of time to be you know talking to people at a computer. You know, absolutely. Yeah, Taki, I'm interested to know, and this this is something. I mean, I'm guilty of this myself because you know, as I was the quote, I sort of said at the beginning of this show about the leadership thing yeah all of a sudden have a lot more people on my team in the last sort of five months it doubled and all of a sudden as you know when you're managing more people and more people are reporting to you it becomes it becomes a new challenge um, and I've, I've been trying to put huddles in place and meetings how 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 non-negotiable are the meetings in your diary because obviously as business owners we get very busy and the tendency is to go oh let's cancel that meeting and do it next week yeah. What's your view on being like strict with yourself about that thing has to happen? Yeah, it's an awesome question. Uh, so if my wife was standing here and you were talking to her because she like she runs the, the theater, remember, and I run the stage. Yeah. It's really funny. Uh, every Tuesday at about eleven o'clock, she seems to get this text from uh, one of the guys on the team saying, "Is the weekly meeting on?" And the, I just had to kind of had to go. <clears throat> yeah, I sent him a voicemail. We we use Foxer. <clears throat> uh, on Tuesday, going, "Hey, please never ask this question again." ever again 
Every time you ask, we always tell you that it's on, uh, the meeting's on, never ask it again, just be there. And uh, so that's done. So the meeting must, 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 must happen. And it's important that that meeting is led, but you don't have to be the person leading the meeting. In fact, it's probably best if you're not. But you have to be there. I think maybe not the daily, but I think. Well, yeah, like I, someone. Like, yeah, is, I, is, I'm not there. To, just to be really, I want to be completely transparent. I don't do. I hate meetings with a passion. I, I I find them a complete waste of my time, and I'm not interested. What I am interested in is moving things forward. So, uh, I set up the structure for how I want the daily and the weeklies to run. The team runs those, and Kerry Marie and I are resources. Like we'll come on the meeting, but we don't lead it. We just, you know, we're participants like everybody else. Uh, it's really important that that uh, your unless you've got like somebody who's kind of your whatever you call it, you know like two IC project manager person who can run it for you. I think it, I think you should totally be there. Yeah, I think even you know for listeners that are just one person and their VA as well, anyone yeah, do it. I, I think it's really important for people to realize that they, that you as the business owner and the leader, and it's something I'm really focusing on myself in my business right now, is that that meeting has to happen, and you can't be the person to cancel it. You it's, can't be the person to cancel it, but I also found I can't be the person to instigate it. Yeah, um, to, yeah, the structure has to be there, but it has to go ahead. Yeah, completely. And so I just have it like we picked a time that worked for me and it was inconvenient for some of the people on the team, but it had to work. This is when I was on the dailies and the weeklies. So I was like, this is the time that's going to work. Uh, you're going to put it in my, in my diary. You're going to get everybody on the meeting uh, a few minutes beforehand. At the right time, you're going to call my phone. And I'm going to answer it and I'm going to do the thing, but I'm not going to like – yeah, you're going to drive. Yeah. yeah, I'm not going to drive exactly because I can't rely on myself to drive. Because I, you know, frankly, uh, if there's something else that I'd rather do that comes up, I'd do that instead. Or if the beach is good, I'll shoot down there. And neither of those are great for the team. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, I know. I fall into that trap as well, and I know yeah. a lot of clients do too. So it's really it's a sort of a New Year's resolution of mine to just focus on the you know, getting making sure that meeting happens. That's yeah, really I, valuable information. I, Thank I you. I think the secret is to yeah, you, know, you decide what you want. Uh, you know, you make it up. Uh, you build a structure for it that makes it real, and then you have somebody else in charge who, I'm quoting Dan Sullivan again, you know, somebody else in charge who makes it happen, and makes it recur, right? And so... Uh, well, the key point there is that you set the structure, though. It's like creating systems in your business. It's exactly, it's totally that. Yes, it's the same process. There's another process for the meeting. Yeah, exactly right. Right. So, Taki, I'm, I'm, I really could spend all day with you because I'm, this has just been so amazing for everyone. But I've, I've got one last question that I'd love to ask. Sure. Um, by the way, I'm not in a rush. So you do whatever you need to do. I want this to be great for you guys. Awesome. So knowing what you now know, it's the question that obviously Brian Tracy asked, zero-based thinking. Knowing what you now know, you've been using VAs for seven and a half years. You had that pivotal moment uh, after reading 4-Hour Workweek. Yeah. If you were starting over again with the knowledge you now have, what would you do differently? I'd probably do three things differently. Uh, the first thing I'd do is I would I would have hired my first person way sooner. Um, the arguments against it are I don't know if I can keep him busy and I don't have the cash. Uh, don't have the cash is pretty easily handled by the fact that if they're uh, overseas somewhere like in the Philippines, for example, or offshore, that the wages are completely different. And uh, even if you hire someone part-time, which I did with Ash, you know, 20 hours a week, uh, it was just a fear thing, you know. So, do it, do it faster. Uh, somebody once said, um, "But what if you can't keep him busy?" I'm like, "Yeah, but like I'm paying five dollars an hour. If they sit there for five hours twiddling their thumbs, it's only twenty five bucks. It's not that big a deal, right?" 
So that's the first thing, hire faster. Uh, number two, uh, I would have hired a project manager sooner. And uh, in our team, there's two people who play a really important role and work with me directly, they're, and they're called project managers. Um, I have a project manager for my marketing and a project manager for uh, making our black belt program better. Right. So every quarter, how it works is every quarter I come up with three new projects that I want to do marketing-wise and three new projects I want to do to make the program better. I sit down with my project managers with a, a sheet which kind of maps out exactly what I want, how it's going to look, what's at stake if we get it right and what's the, what's the cost if we get it wrong. And exactly if we do it and do it well, it looks like this, yeah? And I brief the project manager at the start of the quarter and then they go away that week and they turn it into a project plan that we talk about the next Tuesday and I just feed the projects weekly. So I would have hired a project manager sooner because it allows me to create... Uh, I think about my role a little bit like the first 100 metres in a 4 by 100 metre sprint. My job is to kind of pick up the baton, have an idea, run 100 metres and give it to somebody else and then let go. And having a project manager makes that work. So that, that's the second thing I would change. And the third thing I would probably do is uh, work with a, a project-based team sooner. So the... the uh, Barbara, we spoke earlier about the myth of the super VA. I think the alternative to that is to have a, a one point of contact person who has a, a team of specialists around them. So the kind of the, the VA company that, uh, that we use uh, has um, a, a project manager called Harvey. It's not their actual name, but it's, not, it's what the service is called. So you email your task to Harvey and uh, Harvey grabs it and then he or she has uh, five teams around them that they can call on. So there's people who do uh, design, uh, WordPress and tech, automation, uh, social media, admin, and the sixth team is uh, is media. So you know, editing videos, podcasts, you know, audio, etc. And so it allows you to get a ton of stuff done uh, by, but still only having to manage one relationship, which I think is a really, really nice way to do it. Love it, love it. That is. Um Mate, that's gold. That is absolute gold. And I, just for the listeners, you know, just to reiterate. So number one, hire a person sooner. Yeah. Um, and I think in one of the sh- earlier shows, Taki, I talk about, and I can't remember if it was you and I had this discussion um, when I first hired my first VA, but I put a little post-it note on my computer anytime I get a new staff member, which is what could I get and their name to do now? And it's yeah. just staring at me in my face day in, day out. And, and you huh. actually, you've got that in front of you. All of a sudden, as you're getting into your workflow, this is staring at you day in, day out. And before you know it, they'll be full. So, 100%. Yeah, before you know it, they'll be full. Um, um, I think that's a great way to, yeah, what can I get named to do right now? It's genius. Yeah. Um, and secondly, I like the having a project manager. And, and, and to reiterate your point is, you know, it's like running a 100-meter relay. And your, your role in that team is to, you know, the, the firing gun goes off, you sprint that first 100 metres as fast as you can, but then you're handing the baton over. Yeah. And so, the, you know, it lit, I mean, it legitimate, legitimately is a 400 by 100 metres. So the 400 metres are, first 100 metres is make it up. You know, that's my job. I figure out what I want. Yep. The second 100 metres is with the project manager and they, so you know, if I make it up, they make it real. So, they, you know, their job is to take my idea and make it happen. And they've got 90 days to do that. The third 100 meters is to make it recur. And that's usually um, project people typically get bored with doing the same repetitive jobs again and again and again. So you want someone who's good at that. 
And so, uh, you know, project manager invents the new thing and then passes it off to, you know, systemizes it and passes it off to somebody else who can just kind of do the same task again and again and again. And then a project manager comes back to you ready for the next 100 meters, right? So it's make it up, make it real, make it recur. And then the fourth piece is to make it better, which is the team does a, a debrief about the systems. You know, anytime something breaks and go, well, how do we make this better? Love it. Love it. And then that third point was to, um, to have... It's like uh, a hub and spokes. Yeah, have, have those people, have a center person that they can have specialists around them to get those pieces done. Um, yeah, otherwise you end up having to manage you know, five people and that, like, A, it costs more and B, it's a pain. So yeah. you don't have to pay for all of the five people full-time because you don't have like a, a media editing or an automation job all the time. But if you can pay you know, the equivalent of one full-time staff... Um, who's your, your project manager and team, and the team is shared amongst a few other people. Um, I think it's kind of a, a really great way to get stuff done. Absolutely. Um, one last thing I'm going to add to the conversation. Um, in one of our earlier shows, we, we, we talked about um, viewing the, the mindset, that uh, the critical mindsets that must be adopted when uh, bringing on virtual teams. And, and part of what we talked about in that show, Taki, was just viewing um, the remuneration uh, of of your people as an investment as opposed to an expense. Yeah. And, and you know, the reality is when you've got the right people and you you leverage through them, it, the, the payback is 10x or more. Yeah, it? it is. And I think you know, for me, it's I get paid two ways. Um, you know, the, the return on investment comes two ways. The first return, the immediate one that you'll get no matter what, is the I never have to do that crappy job that I hated ever, 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 ever ever again yep. right and that's an immediate payoff uh, like if I never have to check another email if I never have to look at something in my calendar if I never have to like book my own flights ever again if I don't have to negotiate with venues and Quincy will you know give the calendar to the people get quotes at the places book you know, book the venue book all the AV like if I never have to do that god that is that is life changingly good absolutely um, so that's the first way I get paid in, in the relief that comes from never having to do stuff you're incompetent at ever again. And the second way you get paid is if we can get an extra, like with my clients, one of the very first exercises we do is this thing called the, uh, the extra workday advantage. Like how do we get you an extra one day a week to work on stuff that actually matters, right? And so if we can free up 10 hours a week from stuff that you hated doing, so now you instead of having a drain, it's giving you energy, and instead of it'd be a drain, we can spend, even if we spend, even if we fritter away half of it, you know, at the movies, right? And we use five hours a week on something that is high leverage, that is in your genius zone, that you're great at, that gives you energy and brings in the box. Dude, five hours of you and your genius is worth 50 hours of you in incompetence. And so it'll snowball really, really quickly. Absolutely. Love it. Absolutely love it. Well, um, Barbara, was there anything... Before we wrap up the show, is there anything else, uh, any other questions you had for Taki? No, not at this stage. That's been absolutely fab. I've taken lots of tips myself. I'm going to be implementing as soon as possible in my own business. So thank you so much for that, Taki. Lots of great insights. Total pleasure. Lots of fun. And uh, keep up the good work. Taki, thank you so much. Um, I highly recommend, um, if you want to learn more about Taki and, and, and his teachings, coachmarketingmachine.com is uh is taki where taki uh regularly blogs um he's also got uh no, you've got a couple of podcasts haven't haven't you taki yeah we're actually uh salesmarketingprofit.com is uh where we unpack case study interviews of clients you know stories of uh good work the clients are doing 
and uh, the there's a new podcast about to start. Uh, tentative title: Million Dollar Coaches, which is uh, conversations with Adam, my head coach, and I, and also uh, interviews with clients, and maybe even the occasional uh, mentor as well. So look out for that in the future. But right now, CoachMarketingMachine.com is where to go, and there's links to everything else from there. Fantastic, Taki. Thank you so much. Um, been an absolute pleasure. I think the listeners are, have got millions of dollars worth of value out of this uh, out of this uh, show. And uh, mate, um, we'll have to catch up for a burger sooner or later. I'd love to. That'd be awesome. Awesome. Thanks, Taki. <laughs> Thanks, Barbara. Thanks, Ciao. Taki. See you guys. And uh, everyone, just uh, stay tuned for um, uh, more and more shows of the Virtual Success Show. Please be sure to um, add any comments below um, or um, we'd love for you to share this podcast with others so that we can continue to build the Virtual Success Show community. Um, Till next show, Barbara, have a wonderful week and uh, we'll chat soon. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Virtual Success Show. If you found this show helpful, take a moment to share it with a friend so that we can all grow together. Find out more about the inside scoop on outsourcing success by going to our website, virtualsuccessshow.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.